following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. You've made it once again to the weekend. Gorgeous day here in the Auburn Opelika area, man. Couldn't ask for any better weather. Sunny, about 60 degrees or so. I mean, you can wear pants and a polo to work today if you're wearing jeans for casual Friday. Whatever you're doing, happy free-for-all Friday, folks. We are going to have a lot of fun here on the show. This is the On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins alongside me back in the studio. We're back together once again. It's Uncle T-Bone, man. How are you, brother? Yeah, you are not Ben Taylor, my man. Welcome back. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank yeah, goodness like for that. Said, it is a Chamber of Commerce day here on the Plains, and we've got a lot to talk about. Put, probably put a bow on Vanderbilt and uh, Auburn from uh, Wednesday night. I've got a lot of thoughts on that. The Tigers travel over to Ole Miss uh, tomorrow, going on the road again and into Mississippi. The last time that the Tigers traveled into Mississippi this past Saturday, it was an ugly, ugly basketball game for Auburn. Hopefully they'll rebound from that and have a little bit more luck in Oxford, Mississippi. A lot of college basketball uh Great weekend for that. Awesome weekend for college basketball. News for Auburn's uh, Jordan Hare Stadium in the football program. And people still on Twitter, Jacob, upset about DJ Dirk. And now you got people from up in Maryland talking about it. I don't know where these people were when uh, Ole Miss and AM hired them. But boy, oh boy, Auburn can't do that. I mean, I guess if Nick Saban would have hired them, they'd have these articles too. So a lot to talk about. And uh, we got a uh, long ways to go and a short time to get there. Yes, we do. Well, two full hours of us on your radio. And uh, glad that you're with us on this Friday, February 2nd, 2024. You know how it is on Friday afternoons. Phone lines are wide open. Give us a call. What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about on this Friday afternoon? Anything sports-related, you can give us a call. 334-321-1390. Uncle Tebow gave you a very good rundown and idea of everything and then some of what we're going to talk about on the show today. And, uh, yeah, I was back in here yesterday. But, uh, yeah, you have Ben Taylor, man. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that on Wednesday, man. That's, that's, that's a lot to put up with for two hours on the air, oh, man. Ben Taylor time, is, is something he else. A, he did a great job filling in for you. I hope that the Lee Scott Warriors – uh, did a good job for you. I understand you'll be back on the road tonight. Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, uh, we go off the air at 357. I'll be in the car at 358. I mean, walking out of the studio, out the front door, and getting in the car back down to Macon East near Montgomery. Uh, Lee Scott Regional Finals, girls and boys, both taking on our rival Glenwood. So exciting times tonight uh, down there at Macon East for the Regional Finals. Uh, and then the Elite Eight Monday, Tuesday, hosted here at Lee Scott 
And then if they win those, Final Four next week, Wednesday, Thursday, state championship game on Friday. So a very busy time for me. Uh, and we will uh, kind of keep you updated on the schedule for the show next week. It'll be on. I can't guarantee it'll always be me in here, but it'll be on. So uh, that's what's going on on the high school side of things. Auburn High School also getting underway in their area tournament tonight, boys and girls. Uh, girls play tonight. Boys play tomorrow. That is at Auburn High School. And you can listen to our good friend Jack Cutton on the radio call. He'll be on at about 6.30 tonight on 96.3 WLE and 96.3 WLEE.com. And then uh, you can flip back and forth between that and Lee Scott with me and Christian Griffin on Tiger Country 104.5. But again, phone lines are open this whole show today, free for all Friday, 334-321-1390. And like you said, let's go ahead and kind of put a bow on the win on Wednesday for Auburn basketball against Vanderbilt. I know you haven't had a chance to talk about that yet, um, but... It was a good win for Auburn, and I, and I think the the feeling, Uncle Tebow, we talked about this, on the, or I did yesterday on the show, is Auburn won by almost 30. It just didn't really feel like it, right? It just it wasn't the prettiest of basketball, but yet it's hard to complain about a 27-point victory at home in the SEC before you go out on another road trip. Well, I mean, you know, look, let's be clear. Vanderbilt's season is finished. 5-15 and 15 overall now, Ofer in the SEC. I mean, they're putrid. That being said, you know, you, you don't want to go out after a couple of losses at home in front of the, uh, the old home crowd and uh, stink it up and, yeah. and, you know, make a mistake and get beat a third time in a row, which no one really thought that was coming. We had this discussion Wednesday. Both Ben and I, the over-under was at 142, which we loved the over, but that 18-and-a-half that Auburn was giving up, I don't know. We kind of felt like that was a little bit too many points. That's a lot the, in a conference game. It sure is, like, I don't but care it who just shows how bad Vanderbilt is, really, I think, in, in Auburn, how good Auburn is at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first half, though, especially the first half before about the last two to three minutes of that first half, you know, Auburn didn't look good. Auburn looked still a little kind of lethargic and and sloppy and outside of Denver Jones uh, not making a lot of shots from behind the arc. And and it was kind of like, here we go again with what we've seen over the last couple of games before the Vanderbilt game at Tuscaloosa and at Mississippi that the Tigers were going to be cold. And then the second half, they just exploded. Yeah. It's like, it's like Auburn was like asleep for almost two, two and a half, two games and a half. And then woke up and decided, all right, enough's enough. Let's get back to doing what we do. And that's really getting up and down the court, knocking back shots. Now, we'll say this during this whole time, Auburn's defense has played stellar. Vanderbilt scores 54 points in, in a 40-minute basketball game. I mean, that is awful. But, uh, boy, man, you know, Jerry Stackhouse and that staff have struggled with this team this year, and uh, he's got to be on thin ice up there in Nashville. Well, that's what I said, too, when I was talking to some people at the game the other night, and I said, is this the year that Vanderbilt finally fires and gets rid of Jerry Stackhouse? And somebody I was talking to said, I think he's got a job for life. I don't think they'll ever get rid of him. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the situation is there. You know the relationship between Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, but, I mean, the guy's just not getting it done. And now, again, Vanderbilt's a tough place to win in any sport. Now, they've done it in baseball, of course, and football will probably never get there, but they've had good years in basketball. I mean, I remember them making runs through the SEC tournament a few times in my life. And so I don't think it's just 
out of the blue or out of the the question for Vanderbilt to be good at basketball, but Jerry Stackhouse ain't it. I'm sorry, he's not. Yeah, I don't think so either. This team goes four from 17, 23% from the three-point line in Neville Arena. Those are the tight numbers. Auburn, unfortunately, was putting up percentage-wise in three-pointers on the road. Tigers go 10 for 26. Heck, Denver Jones comes out and goes three for three just like that. And uh, really, really upped his game. Auburn shoots 44% from the floor. Vanderbilt shoots 26.8% from the floor. I mean, you know, that's just never going to get it done at any level of, of basketball, in particular the SEC. I'm with you. Vanderbilt has had some excellent basketball teams over the years. And they just look like they're they're just uh, running in quicksand right now. Yeah, and you know this is his fifth year up there at Vanderbilt, and here here's the highlight on on the Vanderbilt basketball website under Jerry Stackhouse. Stackhouse has gotten the Commodores to back to back winning seasons, not bad, and NIT quarterfinals berths in 2022 and 2023. Sent four student athletes to the NBA and coached two SEC Scholar Athletes of the Year in his first four seasons in Nashville. Okay, Crickets. I mean, <laughs> I mean, good for you, man. I, I just don't know. And look, you got to give a guy time. It's his fifth year, and, and and the expectations at Vanderbilt we know outside of baseball are very, very, very small. But I don't understand the relationship with programs and former players being coaches that are just not getting it done and keeping them around, right? You see Jerry Stackhouse. You got another situation brewing up down or up in Bloomington, Indiana with Mike Woodson. Like, there are a couple of programs out there that have had former players. You had um, Hardaway at Memphis. I mean, what a disaster that is. And yet these programs sometimes just can't let them go. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see if, if Stackhouse hangs around. I don't know who Vanderbilt gets, and I don't know who would go there, but that, that's a conversation for a different time. Auburn does get the win, though, 81-54. to 54. And the reason we bring this up, we kind of wrap that up and move into this weekend as Auburn now back on the road. You had two games on the road, quick get trip back home to Neville, and now you're back on the road at Ole Miss, a team that you just played four games ago, Uncle T-Bone. And I said this and on the show. four games ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you put it on Ole Miss inside of Neville Arena. And, you know, uh, I think it was Brad yesterday. One of my guests or a caller, I apologize, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they said that, you know, Auburn continues to say about Mississippi State and Alabama, oh, just wait until they come here. It may have been Chris Gordy that said it yesterday. Auburn keeps saying that, right? Right. Oh, wait till we get Bama inside our house. Wait till Mississippi State comes back here. Well, guess what? Ole Miss is saying the exact same thing about Auburn. Hey, wait till they come to our place. Yeah, Tigers open up over at scoresandodds.com as a four and a half point favorite mm. on the road that line has already dropped to three and a half no total yet that will probably come out a little bit later today or tomorrow that's an interesting line right there with Ole Miss at home they're on a three-game winning streak in the last three games Jacob they have beaten Arkansas at home went on the road and beat A&M last Saturday night that was a good basketball game and win for them and then take down those Mississippi State Bulldogs by four at home this past Wednesday. That's the same team that kind of controlled Auburn on the boards. Ole Miss came into Auburn 
looking pretty good, looking to make a good statement. Yeah, you know, they had some weird wins pre-conference play over over some bad teams and mm-hmm. some close games. Top 25 team when they came but to town. But they were, and they. but more than anything, a lot of people didn't believe in them because of their preseason uh, conference, non-conference schedule. They really wanted to make a statement in Neville Arena. That's the return of uh, – the uh, Flanagan family to uh, to Auburn, and Auburn just blew them off the court. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had they they emptied the bench. You know, the crowd went crazy, and Auburn there was no mercy, and they went off in that game, especially with that exciting finish where they kept blocking shots and wouldn't allow Ole Miss to score. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Yeah, it was pathetic. Their showing in Neville Arena was awful, and you know good and well. They want some revenge from that. Yeah, Auburn won that game 82-59. to If you're curious what that total is, that's 141 that was scored in that game. And that's because it was, that was a – the majority Auburn. Yeah, it was. And that, that's what I was going to say is because Auburn had a good offensive showing. You score more than 80 points in college basketball, you're a good offense. And you held a team to under 60 points. That's an elite defense. And so it was a perfect game for Auburn. This was never something that was ever, ever in question – about this game you remember what the halftime score was it was 46 to 27 Auburn was up by 19 points at the half inside their own gym but I don't expect that to be the case come tomorrow night tip off at five o'clock pregame beginning at 4 30 over on wings 94 3 I don't expect that to be the case Uncle T-Bone you can't expect that no I don't expect that at all and we talked about this Wednesday Ben and I that the over I said what's the over under on Lane Kiffin tweets who the Ole Miss football coach who just seems to be completely obsessed right now with the Auburn Tigers I mean every other tweet it seems like it's about Auburn. I mean, obviously a, got scorn lover syndrome from not getting the job here and all the publicity that Hugh Freeze has gotten, especially in recruiting. <laughs> and already today he's retweeted something about the game tomorrow. Show up, be loud, be proud, Rebel Nation. He ain't going to be there. No, he won't be there. He'll probably, you know, and if he is, he'll probably be on his phone the whole time, barely paying attention. But um, this is going to be a rock fight. Oh, Yeah. This is going to be a rock fight, and what Auburn cannot afford to do in this type game is what it did at Alabama, what it did at Mississippi State, and come out and dig themselves you know, in a hole and be cold. Mm-hmm. If Ole Miss comes out and hits two or three three-pointers early and the crowd's going wild and they got all the momentum, it's okay to take a timeout. It's okay to slow their roll, and it's even more okay not to go down there and start hucking up threes from the cheap seats to try and match them three for three. Auburn needs to do what it's been doing very well this entire season. That's working the ball inside, and they did a good job against Ole Miss that first game doing that and pounding with both Janai Brune and Dylan Cardwell. I'm with you on that. And, you know, an interesting statistic about this Ole Miss team this season uh, – very loyal listener Jeff tweeted at me and said, Ole Miss has not lost at home this season. And that's a fact. They're undefeated at home in Oxford. And, you know, you look at you look at the teams that they've played inside of that building. Is it the craziest of teams? No. But they've still won in there, right? They have wins over Florida in there. They have a win over Arkansas in there. And they have a win, like you mentioned earlier, over Mississippi State in there. And guess what? Auburn doesn't have a win over Mississippi State. 
Auburn doesn't have a win yet over Florida. And that's a Florida team that has... Well, that team's red hot. ...really, really gone, uh, caught fire, right? And so it's a hostile place to play. It's a tough place to play. And Auburn has to be ready to go. And you mentioned it, the, the three-point shooting, while it has to be better, it also needs to be smarter, in my opinion. It needs to be smarter three-point shooting. Take open looks. Give it to the hot hand. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Jani Broom. He went two for two the other night behind the three-point line, and his shot's starting to look a lot better. Give it to the hot hand and let them go. Let them play, and then you move on from there. And Auburn doesn't have to shoot 20 or 25 threes. They can be okay with 15 to 18 threes. They'll knock down five or six of them, and that's all you need because this team is better going to the basket, getting in the lane with Janai Broom, Jalen Williams, Chad Baker-Mazzara, and get it in the hands of Chaney Johnson, who's really starting to figure it out. He's the player that I'm watching tomorrow night in a hostile environment, on the road once again, and starting to really figure out this whole SEC basketball thing. I think Chaney Johnson could become an X-factor down the stretch. Yeah, he's much improved since the beginning of the season. Even since the beginning of conference play, I think he's finally become comfortable in his role at Auburn. Denver Jones goes for 19 points the other night against Vanderbilt. But what really caught people's eyes coming out and going three for three from shots, good-looking shots that he knocked back. I'm not even going to say it because you're all thinking it. Why take out the hot hand like we did? Why continue with the rotations? At least modify the rotations. I'm with you, if Jacob, if someone's hot, leave them in, let them keep shooting. You know, get that temperature gauge they like to talk about. Don't start chucking them up from uh, the timeline to see if you're just absolutely scorched earth, you know, uh, surface of the sun (laughs) hot. That's right. But at least, you know, modify. I just, but but it's not, there's, it's not even worth talking about, but he, because Coach Pearl's just not going to change his rotations or not change them very much, at least right now in conference play. That might be different once tournament play begins. But, you know, if someone's got the hot hand, leave them in the game Mm -hmm. and find a way to get them open with some set plays and let them keep firing at the hoop. And then find somebody else when that – make the defense stop it. I'm such and then a run big, the offense through that hot hand. Beautiful. I'm such a big subscriber to that. Until they stop it, keep going back to it. And then find another way to do it. And Auburn's got to do that tomorrow night with their best players on the road at Ole Miss. We'll take our first break here in hour number one. Phone lines are open. What do you think about Auburn and Ole Miss tomorrow? Other games around the SEC and college basketball. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins. He's Uncle T-Bone talking a little college basketball as Auburn going on the road to Ole Miss this weekend. Uh, But other great games happening in college basketball this weekend, Uncle T. I mean, just so many good games. Three Top 10 matchups in the sport over the weekend. Two on Saturday, one on Sunday. And the biggest game of the weekend, our Dayton Flyers play tonight. St. Bonaventure on the road at Dayton Arena. They're in Dayton, Ohio at UD Arena uh, tonight. So uh, America's team playing tonight. Dayton 17-3, 7-1 in A-10 play. Just saying. 
Just saying. That's a good basketball team, ranked 21st in the AP poll. That seems a little low for me. I mean, they should be one, but uh, it's fine. The Bonnie's coming to town. Us Auburn fans know them. We took care of business against them, I believe, last December. I'm calling for the blowout here. Those Dayton fans are going to be cheering loud and proud all night tonight, beginning at 6 o'clock. That's must-watch television. You got a TV station on that? Uh, let me see. Uh, ESPN2 or ESPN+. Plus. So keep no reason on, not to watch it. Keep an eye on that Dayton team. You know what? Speaking of keeping an eye, we're going to have to get Jack back in here. We had him on briefly Wednesday with his new HUD rankings. The HUD rankings. Trademarks. Can't use that uh, license. LLC something something. <laughs> we asked whatever about, legal term we, it is. you know we didn't have much time with him unfortunately and we we asked him about a few teams to keep an eye on in his uh in his rankings and in his brackets and you know he mentioned uh, i believe i asked him about six through 12 who you got to be a, a bracket buster early in the uh, ncaa tournament um dayton was ranked a little bit higher in his rankings mm. i believe than that so he didn't mention them that's a team that I think a lot of people need to keep an eye on. We've watched a good bit of them this year. I love Dayton. And them and Florida Atlantic are just really solid teams. Coached by former Alabama head coach Anthony Grant. How's that? Well, I guess y'all are doing all right. <laughs> well, you look around the the SEC and what's happening tomorrow in this conference other than Auburn Ole Miss, um, some really intriguing matchups here, Uncle T-Bone. You have, starting at 11 a.m., you have Arkansas, 11-10 and 10 overall, 2-6 and six in the SEC, traveling down to Baton Rouge to take on the LSU Tigers, who were 11-9 overall, 3-4 and four in SEC play. They've cooled off a little bit since they uh, started out with that SEC opening win over Texas A&M. They do have a win over Ole Miss, but they're on a three-game losing streak. A&M, Georgia, and Alabama, those last two were on the road. They're very thankful to be coming home against Arkansas. You know, I'm looking at the SEC rankings, and, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk There's been a lot of talk, Jacob, about the SEC getting a record number of teams in this year in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think they're projected at like six right now. Yeah, and and you know, no, I had I have heard more than that on other shows. I mean, six, you know, I, I think that's a little low, but as this as the season and conference play continues, you kind of see the 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 bottom half of the league grow. Mm hmm. You know, and I think there's a demarcation point right now if you look at about eight and nine in the standings. Okay. And that's Georgia and Texas A&M. And one of those teams in below, I think, are going to – that's the bubble. That's the bubble right there. Right now, I count Alabama, South Carolina, Auburn, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and Florida – in the NCAA tournament. That's not an outrageous statement. Mississippi State's hanging down there at the bottom of the standings. LSU, I don't think they have a chance, but they might be able to upset a few teams. But Georgia and Texas A&M sitting right there at 8-9. and nine. According to Bracketology today, today from Joe Lenardi, the SEC has eight. So you're right, it was more than six. Yeah, and, and what one of these teams, one of these three teams, I believe that if this keeps going, if the trend keeps going like it is with conference play, because I, I, some of these teams at the top are going to kind of fall down a little bit. Some of these teams in that in that eight 
to 11 range are going to get hot. Mm -hmm. You can count Arkansas, Missouri, and Vanderbilt out. They're done. I think LSU's done. But you got Georgia, Texas A&M, and Mississippi State right there. There's your bubble, right? Can one of those teams get hot, maybe make a little noise in the SEC tournament and jump into the into tournament play? But right now, right now, if you started the tournament tomorrow, I see eight teams in the in the in the big dance. Yeah, and that's what Joe Lenardi's saying at ESPN as well. That includes Mississippi State in Texas A&M in the NCAA tournament. A&M is a last four bye, uh, along with Texas, Providence, and Seton Hall. Holy smokes, what a group that is. Uh, last four in, uh, no SEC teams there. Florida first team out. They're the first one on the outside looking in. But that went over Kentucky help, that's for sure. That bumped them up a little bit. Others include Auburn. Um, you have, I mentioned Mississippi State is a nine seed. They're hanging on for dear life. South Carolina is in there from the SEC. A&M, Alabama in there. Our Dayton Flyers are at four, by the way. Ole Miss at eight. Tennessee at two. And then Kentucky at five. So that's kind of where you're looking right now for uh, for the SEC in bracketology. And Tennessee, Kentucky play this weekend, man. What a big game that's going to be well, come but, Saturday both night. Both of those teams just especially – well, I'd like to say especially Kentucky, but, uh, man, what, what happened to Tennessee the other night? Yeah, I mean, just fell apart. They just it, at home just sleptwalked through that – entire first three-fourths of that game yeah they did we'll talk more basketball here on the show today but got some Auburn football news we need to talk about when we come back on the Friday edition of on the line you are on the line with Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 1067. Taking a break from a little basketball talk because we got some very exciting, much, much wanted news from the Auburn football side of things. We're going to talk the good news, and then we're going to talk about what the world is up with people losing their minds a few days, almost a week after Auburn hires a defensive coordinator. That's all coming up here in this next segment or two. You can give us a call, 334-321-1390. The Board of Trustees today at Auburn University announced that they have approved the start, I guess. They have taken the next step forward to edit the North End Zone and upgrade the north end zone at Jordan-Hare Stadium. The tweet from Auburn Tigers at Auburn Tigers on X says, The future is bright. The first step toward modernizing the north end zone at Jordan-Hare Stadium is coming. A new state-of-the-art video board for Auburn football has received initial approval. And, Uncle T-Bone, this is something that Auburn fans have been... I mean, they've been asking for this for a while. I mean, this is something that has been needed for... I don't know, nearly a decade since that north end zone. I mean, it was nice at one time 30 years ago when that scoreboard got put in, but then when the (laughs) new scoreboard, the new video board, that's as long as the White House was put in in the south end zone, man, it really just made the other end look bad. I'm sorry, it did. And you look at it now like 
it, it's comparing an 18 wheeler to a Mini Cooper. Like the size is just <laughs> unbelievable, and it just looks run down, bad. It looks empty, and so Auburn finally has approved to put a new video board on the north end of the end zone. And here's some of the dimensions for it, okay? It's 154 uh, feet by 47, I believe. And so, basically, it's a little bit longer than the one that exists right now, but it's a little bit shorter than the one that is right now. So, a little bit longer in length, but a little bit shorter in height. But I think it's going to be really, really nice. Yeah, a lot of to digest with this uh man you got to get over to auburnsports.com and check out our man brian matthews who's always on the drive with bill and dan just a great guy and uh he he's got a nice article about this over there uh but according to him the new north end zone video board will be 47 feet high by 154 feet wide totaling 7238 square feet of LED space. Mm-hmm. You got to believe that uh since the last uh jumbo board, the Jtron is like people like to call it because of Jay Jacobs leading the former Auburn athletic director at Auburn leading the charge with that video board that technology has come a long way even since then. It's crazy how long that thing's been there. Like yeah. you forget how long ago it was when that was installed. There's a there's some type of uh, law out there, and I'll have to look it up. That technology can double or triple every three year, double and like every three years or so. And once technology starts, that it's just an ever growing, you know, what's going to be next four or five years from now. So this thing's yeah. probably going to be really sweet. And I imagine that they'll probably have to upgrade JTron a little bit too. While the current South End Zone video video board remains, that's the big one, the largest collegiate video board in the country, that thing is still the largest at 10,690 feet. So this thing's going to be about roughly 3,500 uh, 3, feet less, and it's still going to be huge. Oh, yeah. And this has to be the beginning of a renovation process of that entire north end zone right i mean you know look that thing is long jordan hair when i was coming up in 1987 jacob that's when that video that's when that scoreboard was installed. when they when they added on the second upper deck yeah they didn't add on the first one until 1983 okay and they added on the second upper deck and texas came to downtown for a night game and they had the uh the the suites and everything and and, and just wonderful lighting. It was probably in 1987 one of the top five collegiate stadiums in the country. And I don't know if I'd put it really truly right now. Don't get mad at me, Auburn fan, because I love Jordan Hare. But I don't think it's in the top 25 in collegiate stadiums right now. The seats are uncomfortable often. It's the same seats they had in there growing up. And I know I'm going to sound like an older man, but when I go in there and walk up and down that concrete and sit in those little tight metal seats, oftentimes the next day I, I wake up with a pretty sore body. So I w- I'd love to see some more club stuff in that south end zone, some more, I don't know, where you lynch, uh, rent your lockers type areas, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where you can do some partying out there, where you can walk around, some better TVs, some better uh, – some better concession stands, man. Something a little bit better than funnel cakes for the adults, right? Maybe make that more <laughs> of an adult-only area. But whatever you got, that this has to be the first step. They're constantly upgrading the best they can and renovating, but they need some very large projects 
in Jordan-Hare Stadium to get that thing back up into the top 10 of all stadiums in college football. I mean, the biggest complaint that most Auburn fans have is, it, and this is such a, I guess, a minimal thing, right? It's just not sexy to look at, right? It's just not all that. I mean, it's a massive slab of concrete, and that's the whole thing is concrete. And... You know, people have been asking for renovated concourses and, um, yeah, like you said, more televisions out there and more of a fan experience outside of the inner bowl, right? Outside of the non-football area. And even in that spot, yeah, you could definitely make it a little bit nicer in there. And I think that's what they're trying to do. And I think Auburn fans have to be pleased and excited with the job that John Cohen has done already as athletic director because this is something he was doing at Mississippi State and he has carried that on here at Auburn is he is putting money back into the facilities back into the football program back into the sporting programs look at what's happening at Plainsman Park right now they're doing some massive renovations over there they're going to be really really nice right they've approved the basketball ones which who knows when that's going to happen but that's going to be a major elevation for that volleyball just got a new locker room they've done stuff at at Jamie Moore Field they've done stuff for swimming and diving I mean they've done a lot for Auburn Athletics since he got here and that's what you have to do and to be honest with you I don't know how much they're going to be able to do that in the future, talking about just athletic departments in general because of all of the other things that are happening with NIL and all that type of stuff, right? But it's really good to see. It is. It's really nice to see our buddy Jack wants the the outside of Jordan-Hare Stadium to be bricked instead of just that plain gray concrete. And I think that would make it look a lot nicer, sure. Yeah, I mean, these are the type brick-and-mortar type projects that really uh, put some money back also, not just into the university, but into the local economy. Mm-hmm. I'm constant. I'm very, very uh, pleased with these types of announcements. Sometimes people like to take shots at them and, and say that, you know, these projects are a little bit wasteful. Um I think that Alabama people are struggling with this decision right now about Coleman Coliseum. Can we just keep making do because of inflationary prices? That These prices are never coming down. So you, you just got to take that first step with this and, and realize that, you know, that guy who's laying those bricks, that guy who's mixing that concrete is making good money. Yeah. And that money's going back into your local economy too to help pay for these type projects. So um, the outside of Jordan Hare, a long time ago. I think it's been upgraded. I do have a complaint, though. I wish they would make the process much, much easier for getting inside the stadium. Some of these lines, yeah, it's even, wild. even 45 minutes to an hour before kickoff, are outrageous. And I understand, look, man, security needs to be a top priority. Um, I'm, You know, that's a tough job. Something bad could happen. There's bad actors out there who could take, you know, do we all, no one is going to forget 9-11 or Oklahoma City. I mean, I'm not saying there doesn't need to be security checkpoints getting in there, but they're going to have to figure out a way to get people inside that stadium quicker. The quicker they're in there, the more opportunity there is for the university to gather money from them and for them to spend money in concessions. I walk into that stadium an hour before the game, 
Once I get in through a long line and there's a long line in the concessions, guess what I'm not doing? Standing in line. I'm not standing in line to spend money. I'm just going to go on and go to my seat. So that's one of my big complaints about outside. I can tell you, though, uh, Jack probably attested this growing up. The outside of that stadium a long time ago looked like the prison camp from Red Dawn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those white tents have helped. Now it's just white tent city out there now. I mean, it, with, it, Don't with, even get me started. Not a fan, huh? I mean, I think it's a little overplayed at this point. You know, look, I understand that people can't just bring their RVs and park right in front of Funches Hall and tear up the turf anymore like they could back in the day. But back in the day... Oh, here we go. A family could pop the curb, you know, pop the trunk... There you go. Get out the bucket of fried and the football and... And enjoy a fall day, and now you're going to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars just to have the right to tailgate at Auburn. It kind of seems a little ridiculous to me in a money grab, but that's the world we live in. That's right. And, you know, you, you talk about the the concession lines and I think that's something John Cohen has talked about he is very he's made that a very top priority it's like he understands we have got to get people through the lines quicker and and make a make game day not such a process right I, I'm part of the media and I go and, and get credentialed and do the whole press box thing now but I mean growing up and as a student I mean it was it was a it was a process to go to a game and that's not just at Auburn that's where a lot of places are but man I went to it's it's a process sorry to interrupt yeah go ahead to get your family ready and find a place to park oh and get everything loaded up now they do a good job of go ahead and preloading your drinks and a lot of the food at these tailgates in White Tent City but it's a process just to get down there. It should be a little bit easier. And, you know, another money grab, you got to pay for parking if you're going to park anywhere close to campus. And it's, it's a, lot a lot of money. Yeah, it is. It is a lot. And I think that Auburn is doing what they can, and I think they're trying to fix those things. And, and look, man, there's I mean, there's over 100,000 people in this town on a game day, right? I mean, there's... there's no, it's more than it, that. I say it over, easily at that, yeah. 100,000 people. And trying to control that is very difficult. And where they're all, when they're all funneling into the same place, yeah, it's difficult to, to, to make that an easy process. But I think they're doing their best. And so that is something they're working on. Also, with that new video board, uh, according to AuburnTigers.com, the video board, this is a quote from the article, it says, the video board's concrete base structure is also expected to provide an expanded north end zone concourse to provide additional food and beverage offerings while easing the flow of fans around the main concourse level of Jordan-Hare Stadium. That is huge. You talk about the flow of, of traffic in there and concession lines, well, they're going to add a few more concession stands they're going to add some more food and bigger and more areas for fans to walk on that side of the stadium yeah those uh those interior walkways on big games can get pretty interesting oh it's insane man it's yeah. busier than a sky bar on saturday night yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's better to walk in those uh walkways out out there uh in the end zones than on like in between the 40s right because it just, i mean you just kind of packed in there like yeah. sardines that's where and, my dad's season tickets you go into the side yeah on there yeah. on the sidelines and it it's 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 packed and then you're going up you're going up the the ramp to get into the stadium like to get up into the into the bowl and, oh yeah oh those it's are a rough. process yeah man. those oh, are goodness. rough and uh 
good luck trying to get your kid a chick-fil-a chicken sandwich right before kickoff too right i mm-hmm. mean it's the they need more food options they need more space you know I, i'm not an architect i don't see how you you can squeeze more space out of it but if you're gonna take if you're gonna take and push back the entryways with the security you got to push back vendors into that area too and kind of open up some of this space around concessions because there's just so many people at these games now and they're constantly moving and going. I'll tell you one thing that they did do though that I'm very happy is they improved the uh, cell signals in the internet in the stadium, which was long overdue. I'm not a big light show guy. I know a lot of people love it. But it's not really for me. But that's pretty cool, too, especially like what happened with the Auburn band and the Metallica show this that year. That was awesome. That was that amazing. That was fantastic. And, and I'll say this, too. They, they've done a lot of that for, I think, the younger audience, right? right. The younger generation, my generation. Like, I like it. It's cool. I'm not just, like, over the top about it. But I think it is cool. And, it, and I'll say this, too. It gets the players fired up. They love that type of stuff. So right. I think that's more for that than anything yeah. else. I mean, anything that you can do recruiting-wise uh, to the younger generation, bingo. whether it's the music, whether it's the lights. Look, I'm not saying I'm some kind of blue hair here that's going to sit on my hands what a boomer. and tap you on the back when you're cheering <laughs> after a big play and say, will you please sit down? I oh, can't see. I can't stand those, those people. people drive me crazy. But, hey, they've been on sitting in their seats and paying money to Auburn for like 60 years now but but you know sometimes i mean what's next i mean like a just a disco show during the you know we're gonna have a swimming pool i mean it seems like some of these things get a little outrageous hey, there's stadiums that have swimming pools. i know there is i've seen them uh several times especially in baseball i never seen anybody swimming in there though it I seems have. like yeah yeah in the marlins down th- in florida do you think yeah. they're using the bathroom in those pools a hundred percent that's disgusting jacob but you know i'm out on that kind of stuff but <laughs> they do definitely need some upgrades and have been doing some upgrades and and look you know i think jay jacobs uh took a lot of crud and he was an easy target for a lot of people over the years because auburn football was struggling a lot during his watch but you know there were some good times too no doubt about it but you know auburn has done a good job over the years in all of their sports upgrading the facilities Mm -hmm. but i and, and i think it's been to the detriment for a long time to jordan Hare stadium because it caught up to Auburn fans. Jordan yeah. Hare, you know, man, that used to be a just top-notch stadium, Jacob. I'm telling you, especially at night, it was just off the chain. Yeah. And you used to see, you know, I'm here with 87,500 87, of my closest friends at Jordan yeah. Hare Stadium on a Saturday night. So, you know, it's kind of bared the brunt of the Neville Arenas being built, the new softball complex is being built. There's, It's just like in NIL and people clamoring, why don't we go get X, Y, and Z player from so-and-so? There's only so many dollars to go around. So I think they're finally coming around to Jordan-Hare Stadium in these upgrades, and you're going to see Jordan-Hare Stadium upgraded over the next 10 years. The The problem, though, with Jordan-Hare before we get to break is – it can only, you can't grow it out. You can't expand because of where it is and what they've done around it. Campus surrounds it. It's really cool for the stadium to be smack right in the middle of campus. I love that part of it. It's the home feeling. It's the, the inclusivity part of it. I loved it as a student. I got to walk by that stadium every day, and I loved it. I admired it, and it was one of the fav- my favorite parts of being a student over there. But guess what? There's only one way to go. Up. 
you can't go out because there are campus buildings everywhere. So they've kind of they've kind of screwed themselves over on that part. I don't know how you fix that. Like you said, I'm not an architect. I don't know. Yeah, in some of these in that in that end zone in particular, they're going to probably have to add some type of skyboxes and exclusive seating too, because oh, you know, yeah. like you said, you, I don't think you can go up. Any, I mean, you've been up in that upper deck. Oh yeah, you feel I like mean, you're going to fall off. And I guess you could enclose one of the stadium sides in particular, that northern side, mm-hmm. and help out. But but it's at this point they're going to have to modify what they got and make that real estate within the stadium more valuable. I'm with you. 334-321-1390. We'll take our final break here in hour number one. Have a quick segment coming back in hour number two. More football things to talk about, basketball as well, and we'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, wrapping up hour number one. It's going to be quick. Uh, we went really long in our <laughs> last segment. We tend to do that sometimes. Um, but we got a minute or so in this final uh, segment. And I uh, wanted to, to at least uh, mention um, the very, very sad news that broke about an hour ago. Um, Carl Weathers, the Rocky actor, Happy Gilmore actor. I mean, just he's in everything. Mr. Apollo Creed himself. I uh, passed away at the age of 76, Uncle T-Bone. I think my favorite role of Carl Weathers is one from one of my favorite movies, The Predator. There you go. That was a such forgotten, a good a movie. A forgotten role for him, I think. When, or maybe not forgotten, I love maybe that meme with him and Schwarzenegger when they lock <laughs> arms. Yeah, it's the hands Dylan, locked together. Dylan, you son of a bleep. <laughs> What's the matter, Dylan? You scared me for a CIA second. CIA got you pushing too many pencils. Uh. <laughs> what a great movie, man. Oh. What a great movie. I'll tell you what, oh when God. he was in Rocky 3, 2, and he and, uh, he and uh, golly, and Rock start training together on yeah. the beach yeah. to take down Clubber Lane, Mr. T. Man, I'll tell you what, when Rocky started beating Mr. T, that entire, I still remember like it was yesterday, that entire movie theater was up and up, standing up and cheering. Yeah, former NFL linebacker. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. 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 Played for the Denver Broncos, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's uh, passed away at 76 today. A very beloved movie movie actor uh, passed away at 76 today. So I definitely wanted to mention that. That was a good time to do that. Hour number one is in the books. We'll get to the phone lines to start hour number two. We'd love for you to be a part of it. 334-321-1390. Football, basketball, and a whole lot more coming up in hour number two. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. 
Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this beautiful Friday afternoon. It is February 2nd, 2024, here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins with you. We're into hour number two. If you missed any of hour number one, had some good basketball conversation. Also had some Auburn football updates that we talked about with the approval to start the process. I think that's the best way to say it, uh, that the north end zone at Jordan-Hare Stadium is going to be getting a new video board, new scoreboard down there to replace the old one that was put there in 1987. So uh, that's exciting. And we'd love to get your thoughts on any of that stuff. 334-321-1390. Here in hour number two, we're going to start. Got a couple of phone calls to get to uh, to start hour number two. Talk some more football news as fans are still in uproar about Auburn's defensive coordinator hire. And then get to some more basketball, Auburn and Ole Miss. Games around the SEC and games around college basketball. But let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. We begin with Mike. You're on the line, man. How are you? I'm good, Jay. How are you? I'm good, man. What's on your mind? Hey, I have a really dumb question. No dumb questions. Um, is Uncle T-Bone Doug Amos? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't. Uh, Uncle T-Bone, are you Doug Amos? No. Uh, I know Doug Amos, and, and I like him a lot. He's uh, uh, been in the radio world for a long time and, and been in media for, gosh, since – I, I was a small child, but no, I'm not. No, I'm. I'm okay, I'm, you you guys sound much much alike. Well, I mean, we're both pretty old, so uh, <laughs> I quit smoking uh, uh, hot cigs about 15 years ago. I wonder if that did uh, some damage to my voice when I was younger. So no, I'm. Yeah, I, I am not Doug Amos. Okay, thanks. Thanks, man. I, I just had to know that. <laughs> well, thanks for call. calling, man. Hey, there you go. I mean, hey, got, if you got a question, got to get an answer. Yeah, right. I mean, You'll get it off know. your chest. That's what we're here for, 334-321-1390, right? Hey, hey maybe uh, very, you could be Doug Amos. You could be driving back from Montgomery every day, doing your show from Montgomery and then hitting the road here and just uh, – teleporting just like that or maybe we're lying and you're doing your show here in our studio saying you're in montgomery and then you just come straight here five straight hours of radio Ooh, man. starting from 11 and finishing up at four that's a lot of radio that's a lot of radio jacob the only person i know that could do that is you well that's about what i feel it's what it feels like i'm doing every day right now and uh well mike we appreciate the call and uh Wow, there you go. How about that? All right, well, that was the, an interesting the mystery Free for all Friday has go. started. Hey, the mystery the mystery <laughs> stays unsolved. 334-321-1390. We'll go to Terry. You're up, man. What's up? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, Terry. T-Bone, I talked to both of y'all. I don't think you sound anything like Doug Amos, quite honestly. Well, there you go. Well, I appreciate I that, I guess. I, mean, I, don't <laughs> yeah, what do you, I don't think y'all sound that much alike. I don't know what you say to that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what, though? I have heard you on Doug's show, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm a 106.7 enthusiast. And, right. uh, man, you sound good on that show, too, Terry. So Appreciate Thanks it. for calling in, buddy. What you got? Appreciate it. Um, I, I made the comment the other day on the show to Jacob that I thought the Alabama game was a must-win for Auburn. How do you feel about that? How do you guys feel about oh, that? Oh, I've been saying it for uh, since everything went down. When was that, I guess? uh that was 10 days Wednesday, ago or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, golly, it seems like it was 
a month ago, right? Because the basketball season really never stops with two games a week, and you got to be able to just close the door on games. But I said it, Terry, that next time I was on the show, I guess it's a week, week ago today, live on air. You've got to circle that calendar date next Wednesday. I'm talking about a nastiest of nasty crimson marker you got, and you got to put up posters of NATO's face and comments of his of things he's said and you got to put you got to you just got to put that up on the chalkboard man that he owns you Bruce 3 and 6 and y'all can't shoot and his defense shuts Aiden Holloway down and you it's a it's just a war type game Terry Now you know what I want to say I want to see guys like Janai Broom and Jalen Williams you know, knock Mark, Mark uh, the, the point guard, Mark Sears to the floor. Yeah. And that, they'll won't let, let him know that if you go come in here and try that garbage, we're going to knock you down. You're going to think about the next time you come in here. You may be called for a flagrant foul. You may be kicked out of the game. But you'll know it the next time you try to come in there. Mm, I, I mean, look, man, maybe that's what maybe that's what Auburn has to do. And, you know, there have been opponents that have tried to do that to Auburn. They've tried to come in and play a little bully basketball. They've come in and tried to – knock Auburn off their game the one that sticks out to me is Texas A&M and Auburn doesn't really fold to that Um, and I I don't know about Alabama I think they have at times but Georgia did that but Alabama just got hot the other night was able to come back so yeah maybe that's what Auburn tries to do is just play a little bully basketball look when you shoot the three the way they do you're going you're not going to be out of any game let's be honest you're right I about think that next wednesday night you got you cannot let that copenhagen dipping coupon clip and draft beer drink and roll tide shouting run runts come in here and beat you how about that appreciate the call terry i'm with you my man but be careful <laughs> auburn fan do not start looking ahead to next wednesday there's yes. plenty of time to talk about that especially on this show monday of wednesday of next week because auburn's going to have its hands full against Ole miss this saturday night at five o'clock in oxford mississippi we got another phone call we'll get to that 334-321-1390 you're on the line who are we speaking with hey Spectre. hey Spectre. what's up man is this the place that tells it like it is and holds nothing back? It is. I have a feeling you're about to do that. I am. But Let- I'll first say this. You know, you are a better-looking man than Doug Amos. <laughs> you talking to Wade or Terry? Who? T-Bone or Terry? Who are you talking to? Well, T-Bone, of course. Okay. Okay. What you got, uh, Spectre? I appreciate it. All right. Listen, tell me what's going on with the women's tennis. Mm. At Auburn, or yes. in the or in the Australian Open, <laughs> I don't know, Specter. I really don't know. Uh, I, I I'm gonna be very transparent with you. You know, I have a, a full time other job. I'm not gonna talk about this much, but there are only so many hours in the day. I try and keep up with everything, especially Auburn. But I just don't really know well, a whole lot well, about this story. How about you? Yeah, here's here's what I'll say. I had a call about it yesterday, and I'll I'll give you the the same answer I gave them, and the same way that I've taught, handled every situation like this, with nothing official coming out about um, about the details in this situation. There's not a whole lot to say. The fact that, and I believe Bill Cameron may have said something about this. The fact that compliance was involved tells you kind of all you need to know here and until there's legitimate information coming out you can read boards you can read people that think they know people that have a friend of a friend whose dog is a roommate of a player on the team i don't care 
I can't I can't speak on it and I won't speak on it until there are factual things released on this situation, Spectre. And that's really all I got, man. Yeah, that sounds like it's really bad then. And uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, for the, it was pretty abrupt. I'll say that the 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 whole situation was. It yeah, seemed didn't pretty they just quick to like me. qualify for the NCAA tournament or something? Also, I mean, I'm, uh, and I, just, I might be talking over my skis here because I really don't follow Auburn's win, women's tennis as closely as I should, especially living here in Auburn. But like I said, there's only so many hours in the day. I know that they were doing pretty well, right? Yeah, they were 15 mm-hmm. in, the, in the nation. They just beat LSU, who was 14. Right, okay. But when, when all of this broke, um, I will tell you this. Uh, the coach was fired immediately. Everything was cleared out, and she was escorted off campus. Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty after, abrupt. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty soon abrupt. After that, and soon after that, the assistant re- resigned. But, uh, yeah, I won't say anything. Yeah, this sounds like Spectre, some type of issue that's very serious. If it involves compliance, I imagine it's going to be one of those Title IX-type issues. And, quite frankly, those are the type issues, my friend, that I'm not going to touch with a 10-foot pole until the story comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, hey, I'm going to change tracks. Predator, yeah, that's one of my top movies, too. Predator, and yeah. My fa- my favorite line is when he come up behind. Um, I can't think of the Indian's name. What? Uh, oh man, Billy, Billy. Billy. He came up behind Billy on that log, and he says, "What's up, Billy?" He said, "There's something in those trees, and it's no man." Yeah, Billy I, takes I, out I just, that big uh, Australian <laughs> uh, style crocodile D knife yeah, and cuts uh, cuts himself across the. You know, he was also Billy Specter. While I got you in the original Forty Eight Hours. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that guy's a you great about, actor. You talking about the TV? You talking about the TV show or the movie? The movie. Yeah, with Eddie Murphy. Okay. Yeah, he was yeah. an Indian uh, in that movie, obviously as well, and his name was Billy. Right. There's a little trivia right. for you on a Friday. How about that? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I was hard. I, I didn't like. I didn't like to hear Apollo Creed dying though. I, it was kind of. I thought he was yeah. younger than that. Yeah, yeah, seventy, uh, seventy six, and uh, yeah, Apollo Creed, and he was uh, of course in Predator, like you guys mentioned. Happy Gilmore was his other big role, and and uh, and yeah, people forget that he was an NFL linebacker there for a little bit. Yeah, that's right. All right, gentlemen, I'll let you go on this Friday afternoon. Thanks so much, Spectre. We appreciate the call, man. 334-321-1390. You can be a part of it as well here on a free-for-all Friday. Um, And that's kind of how it's been. We've talked a lot about um, a lot of things here on the show today. And one thing that I do want to get into is something that you alluded to early on in the show. For whatever reason, in the last, I don't know, 12 to 18 hours, on the social media platform twitter.com formerly known as or formerly known as twitter now known as x people have started losing their minds on auburn hiring dj durkin as the defensive coordinator and this has been in place for a few days i mean this has been in place for a long enough time for the response like this to have already happened and yet here we are people have gone crazy and berserk about this uncle t-bone yeah i'm so glad that we're having a chance to for me and you to discuss this because uh first of all i understand rival fans taking shots on twitter no it's gonna happen saying ugly things because 
quite frankly, Auburn fans do that back to rival teams when that's just all part of the cesspool that is Twitter. Charles Barkley himself said it best. Crazy people are on Twitter. I'm not going to be on Twitter, right? Um, it is so visceral sometimes and so deranged. I mean, it's just it's a it's a world of its own. Okay, the Twittersphere is what go. people call it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Planet X is what they should call it now. Okay. Speaking of which, there's a place growing up called Planet X we used to go drink beer at, but that's a different story for a different day here in Auburn. Alabama. Old people know what I'm talking about. So Planet X is just a whole different world. The Twittersphere, and they say things, ugly things like hashtag hydrate and hashtag killer hire. I mean, it's just, it's. And I just don't quite seem, though, to remember that nastiness in that reaction four years ago, five years ago, when. This whole thing went down with DJ Durkin at Maryland. He was an observer, quote-unquote, probably a consultant at Alabama right afterwards with Nick Saban. And then I don't seem to remember this type of reaction when he was hired at Ole Miss to be their defensive coordinator. And I sure know two years later, two years ago, I don't remember this reaction at all when he was at Texas A&M. So it's ugly, really and truly, on two fronts there's the people that are actually three fronts there's the people that are just your horrible people they're going to say anything negative about auburn or any rival when something like this happens and they're hired somewhere else they're always just going to take shots at their rival and then then there's the people in the media who have an agenda and that agenda can include being anti-auburn or anti some other team or just looking for clickbait or they just don't like Hugh Freeze. There's a lot of people out there, unfortunately, especially locally in the state of Alabama and the media that are like this. <clears throat> Kevin Skarminski. <clears throat> got, got something in my throat, Jacob. God. And then, though, the ones I don't really understand, the absolute negative Nancys, the 5% of the Auburn fan, the radical out there who just hates everything that Auburn does, and they get on their knees and they start praying the creed every day, and they're like, I believe in Auburn and love it, Jacob. And they, they want to dig up Suge Jordan, the ghost of him, and if it's not Suge, it's not anything. It's, I'm not going to have it, and we don't care about winning. We're going to sit on our hands and be blue hairs and not, and not cheer at football games. And please sit down if you do. Those people are the ones I don't understand. This is your football program. This guy has pr- paid the price of whatever mistakes he made. If he made any really and truly at Maryland, who knows really what happened. He wasn't arrested. He wasn't sued. The Board of Regents there wanted to keep him as the head coach. And then after outcry from a really liberal, let's just face it, Washington, D.C. press around the University of Maryland was let go. He was woke when woke wasn't happening then. And the guy goes through everything he's done. He's rebuilding his career. He's paid the price. And we're still going to get after him, Auburn fan? Come on, man. We'll leave it Roll at that. Up. We'll leave it at that. We got more people calling in. We'll get to them. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone lines when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. 
All right, more phone calls to get to here on a free-for-all Friday edition of On the Line. Let's get back to the phone lines, and we'll begin with Shane. You're on the line, man. Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Doing good, man. What's up? Hey, T-Bone, did, did you go to Auburn High School? Shane, I grew up here. I did. You did? I, I, Planet X, man. That, that, uh, you like, know what I'm, I'm talking I, about, brother. Right there at the Planet. end of Sanford, man. Some people called yeah. it the Dunes. Yeah, no, I, I remember I, we called it Planet X back back in the day. Uh, so yeah, I was right there, man. We probably probably at some point to, at, at the same time. Yeah, y'all probably did cross paths. Yeah, we probably more. shared some dirt. What you got, brother? Yeah. Hey guys, uh, uh, the whole Twitter sphere thing. Uh, there's there's crazies on there that on, on any topic of in in life they're gonna they're gonna bash uh, each other back and forth. So, oh yeah. I don't know. I don't, we can't we can't like take you know t- too serious. Are all the hopefully this is not where all the Auburn fans are hanging out is on Twitter talking about this. It's, it, hopefully it's just the five percenters that are crazies. Yeah, and it, it seemed like it was. With, it seemed like, yeah, it seemed like it was more on the outside, and it, and and the biggest thing to me, Shane, was it was just the timing is so weird. I mean this this hire yeah. was made days ago, days ago, right. and all of a sudden on a Friday morning, all the outside media just decided let's go hammer this guy, let's go get on Auburn and jump on them, and and I don't know, it was just weird. Yeah. Anyway, hey, do y'all have any um, baseball news? Um, I know. Can you tell me about opening day when it's coming and um, any any sort of news you got on, on yeah. the baseball field? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, well, thanks, yeah, appreciate the call, Shane. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Baseball actually doing a little practicing over there today. I know a couple people watching some uh, some hit around and things. Uh, first official game is February sixteenth. I had a question about this the other day, and so I have that memorized. Eastern Kentucky, the first series coming up for Auburn baseball. Auburn softball gets going uh, like a week or so ago for. Or a week away from now, uh, they'll have a series coming yeah, up. Yeah, open as well, up with Virginia so. Tech, I believe, February 9th. Yeah, Is how about right? that? Yeah, how about that? And when? then the next uh, Friday, the 16th, Eastern Kentucky comes to town for uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday over there at Plainsman Park. That's right. So, uh, no. I mean, no real news, uh, I guess, from the baseball side of things. There are there was the initial poll uh, that was released, and Auburn is in the top 25 of that. Um, so, look, the expectations are extremely high for Auburn baseball this year. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about it on this show. Uh, we'll have Jack Hutton in here quite a bit, hoping to get Lindsey Crosby in here this year as well, as we have in the years past. And so... Yeah, Auburn, uh, Auburn in the top 25 of the initial polls, which puts them, you know, about 10th in the SEC of how dominant this conference is for baseball. So um, we'll talk about that. Plus, good thing is on Thursdays, Chris Gordy's with us, who is host of Locked on SEC, and he's a big baseball guy. So we'll have a lot to talk about with him on Thursdays as well. Yeah, I mean, look, my man Ike Irish, I love that name. That kid is going to tear it up this year for Auburn. He is going to be hitting bombs out of Plainsman Park, and I can't wait to be there. Can I believe, Jacob, since it's a free-for-all Friday, I'm going to ask this question. You can drink cold snacks now at Plainsman Park. Is that correct? Correct. Count Uncle T-Bone in for as many <laughs> baseball games as possible. There's nothing like being able to go get a cold, frothy 
cup of lime water honeydew and sit there on a sunny day and watch the boys of summer go at it. So I love baseball. It's a fun game. It's a great time to kill a little time, and uh, especially if you can have a little spirits while you're doing it. Yeah, you'll be able to catch us over there a time or two this summer, fall, or I guess spring and summer. Well, you'll see us over at Plainsman Park. Let's get to the phone line. Spectre, you're back, man. What up? Yeah, I forgot to talk about Durkin since you brought him up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't understand all this trash talk either, and uh, especially this late in the game. Right. I'm not I'm not quite sure if it's, uh, if it's true at Auburn fans. But, uh, you know, he wasn't my first choice. I wanted Kiffin only. I only wanted Kiffin because of one reason over over Durkin is because of the NFL experience. Mm-hmm. But uh, Durkin is an excellent coach, and he is a, he's even a more of a recruiter than a coach. And this is what Auburn is getting. I mean. This guy wasn't convicted of, of anything. Specter, just... I think you'll yeah. agree here that if you take a look at the staff, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that Hugh Freeze put together when he first got here, and he had to put it together in a rush and get going and get to recruiting. And right. you take a look at it now, the staff heading into last spring compared to the staff, and I'm going to say offense too, heading into this spring – it's night and day. They've upgraded. And I love Cornell Williams. And I love Zach Etheridge. Thank you so much for being here. And I love Trevon Reed, but they replaced him with one of the hottest names in player development and player uh, management in college football and the Redmond guy from LSU. They're doing what everything they can do to get this staff right going into next year and beyond. You're absolutely right. I- Last thing I want to do is repeat last year. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are in that well, boat. Well, man, look, you know, there's going to be ups and downs next year. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, buddy. Sure. And and we, we do call it like it is. And, and you may even have a third year of that because this roster was so beyond being nothing more than a louse of college football. I, Vanderbilt may have had a better roster going into last spring than Auburn. And when you got to go out and your guy, just to stabilize things, you got to go to North Texas, no offense to that school, but seriously, to get people at linebacker and at wide receiver who are supposed to make a difference in the SEC, and you got to get a bunch of those guys from those type of schools, man, you're just looking to stabilize things. Hopefully last year was rock bottom. I think it was. And we're going to go up from here. But, man, let's just not make that mistake like I did last year saying, this is a 10-win team. We still got a long ways to go, but it'll be better. Just got to give yeah, it time right. like Novocaine. Yeah, you said it all, so I ain't going to repeat what you just said. But, anyway, I wanted to get that in about Dirk and it, you know. Yeah, yeah, he no. My, he was my – go ahead. No, go ahead. You got it. He was my he was my second choice, but, you know, I, I once the, the man's hired – all the other rubbish goes down the drain. Hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. See you guys. Thanks so much, Spectre. We appreciate you getting back here on the show. 334-321-1390. And that's kind of where we're going to leave this is I don't think it was Auburn fans really at all. And it was it was well, outside media. No. Like, fan outside fans hit on it early, right? Uh, even when Durkin was in the running. Oh, they're going to hire a guy that, you know, we know all the narratives. We know all the stories. We know the facts here. 
and we know the things that fans like to run with. But it's been a couple of days. They've moved on. They don't care. Today was just media. Yeah. Just, just jumping all over it and, and trying to dig it back to up. Yeah, just kind of picking a scab. You must be bored at the beginning of right. February, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about right now in college football. Uh, I do think there were more fans. I was a little bit shocked on message boards how many fans and people I know who are Auburn fans on message boards for being on them for so long. Not just somebody who signed up that day to poke and poke around and, and pick. But but I think they're over it too. The majority of those Auburn fans who are anti-DJ Durkin, they're just anti-Hugh Freeze. And they just need to come around because he's your coach and you better get on board. I think there's a large group of those that still exist, Uncle T-Bone. You hit it right on. 334-321-1390. We'll talk basketball when we come back. Auburn taking on Ole Miss. Great games in the SEC. Even better games in college basketball. 30 minutes left here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the free-for-all Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins, joined by Uncle T-Bone here in the studio on ESPN 106.7 as we transition into basketball talk once again. Uh, Auburn on the road once again this weekend. They're taking on Ole Miss, the Rebels, Chris Beard, Alan Flanagan, Coach Wes Flanagan as well. That's all going to be on the sidelines and on the floor tomorrow when Auburn goes to town. Also, uh, just so... Many good games, man. I, this is this is a weekend that just makes me love college basketball even more. I, I mean, I just I geek out, I dork out over it, man. I love college basketball with a burning passion. It's my it look. It's no secret. It's my favorite. It is. It's my favorite. I love it, and it's just so much fun. Three top ten matchups coming on this weekend. One of them in the SEC. Other huge games that have conference, um, conference seating and conference standing implications, NCAA tournament implications. I mean, this is the weekend you want in college basketball in the middle of conference play, Uncle Tebow. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, my man. Uh, just an excellent, excellent time, uh, time of year. Look, uh, before we know it, we'll be in conference tournament play, which is super exciting. And then you know what comes next. Oh, stop it. Stop it. You know, and it seems like to me the big dance is starting a little bit later, though, this year. I believe on March 21st on a Thursday for the first Thursday of the tournament. Keep that date on lockdown. We're going to have some real exciting news about March 21st, that Thursday here at both on the line and the drive following us from four to six with Bill and Dan. Hopefully Coach Don Dunn will be part of this. What a guy, too. man. We love we love uh, Coach he's Dunn. Awesome. We love Coach that Dunn. That guy man. is awesome, man. It's so nice. It's so cool to see him. They, he's they, uh, the nicest guy you're ever gonna meet. Yeah, Let they, me tell you that. They do such a great job. So just keep that date down. Knock just go ahead and put a big lockdown on that day starting at noonish. On March 21st, okay? I'm just going to leave it at that. So, a lot of these teams around the SEC right now, like I said earlier, are beginning. You're really kind of seeing 
where the de demarcation line is mm -hmm. for getting in the tournament, right around the eighth or ninth team in the league. Well, February and, is really that. It's and it's going to shake it out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. February is you the month where things right get now. separated. It's the it's the sifter, right? Is that what it's it, called? Yeah, if you are if you are above number eight in the SEC right now, you just got to stay above it. Whatever's happened the rest of the year, the, so far this year, just throw it out the window. Just go 500 the rest of the year out, and you're gonna. If you're above eight, you're going in the tournament, in league play. I'm telling you, because none of those teams below you are going to rise up and do a whole lot better than 500 from nine and below in the league. And all you got to worry about then is just somebody going crazy in the tournament, and you going one and done, and kind of being right around seven. Mm -hmm. So if Auburn will just go 500 from here on out, well, we're gold. We're gold. And that all starts tomorrow at Ole Miss. Some interesting games in the SEC. Jacob going to kick off at 11 o'clock ESPN2, Arkansas and LSU. Not going to be – not a premier uh, matchup. Arkansas kind of surprised me by taking care of business at Missouri with uh, some rumored turmoil in the locker room for the Razorbacks. Yeah, and that that's just a, a crazy situation as well. One of those where there's still no – that's a Massive. Title IX situation. I'm just not going to touch it. With yeah, the it's football. yeah. There's 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 a lot going on there. I mean, <laughs> some people some people think they know, some people don't know, and and they're again nothing official on that. And um, I don't want to know. I mean, look, here's what I'll say. Some people have coined it as Razorback Mountain, and that's where we'll leave leave <laughs> that. And look, SEC play tomorrow is just so great. I mean, you've got Alabama, Mississippi State going on tomorrow. You have, of course, Auburn, Ole Miss going on tomorrow. You have. One of those top 10 matchups, it's Tennessee at Kentucky. What yep. a huge, huge game this is. One of the best that we're probably going to see all season long. Yeah, that'll be much, much watch uh, television 730 tomorrow on ESPN Nationwide. Uh, at the same time, at 730, Mississippi State at number 24, Alabama, who's quickly going to be moving up the rankings if they keep winning. They're playing good basketballs. Mississippi State needs this win terribly. They need this win badly to try and get anywhere near the bubble and get off of it. Um, like we said, Auburn, 5 o'clock versus Ole Miss. Interesting game in the league also. Two of them really with a lot of bubble-type talk implications. want to get your thoughts on them, Jacob. 12 o'clock, South Carolina at Georgia. That'll be a good game. And then at 3 o'clock on ESPN2, Red Hot Florida and the Gators travel to College Station to take on Texas A&M. Texas A&M needs that win bad, too. Talk about a game in South Carolina and Georgia. Two of the biggest surprises in the SEC this year, by far, are those two squads right there. And South Carolina, I've said it numerous times, they're one of the best defensive teams in the SEC. I didn't believe you when you first said it, but I've watched them the last they couple are. of games, and they are long, and they are quick, yeah. and they get after you. If they can start, if they can score a little bit, they can beat anybody. And that's a very elementary statement, but it's because their defense is so good. It's like an Auburn, who Auburn's defense is going to be there. It's whether they can shoot the ball and score effectively, right? Right. And that is South Carolina. It absolutely is. And Georgia has had opportunities, including on Wednesday, the game that aired before Auburn and um, Vanderbilt. They had Alabama knocked down out and the lights were off upstairs. And all of a sudden they turned their back and Alabama got up. 
bam, one punch to the nose, it was over for yeah, Georgia. Yeah, speaking of Carl Weathers and Rocky Balboa, man, I mean, they, they were like Rocky. They were done. Yeah, down and out. I mean, the old man was in the corner and telling him to stay down. You're done. You're finished. That's a gritty Alabama team. And I don't like Nate Oates. You know I don't like his face. You know I think he's a blowhard. But the guy's a good coach. But that team, he's a gritty coach. Mm -hmm. And to go down 17-2 to to start a game, most teams don't ever come back from that. I've seen several times Auburn go up on teams like that. I can remember back in the Chris Porter days, they'd go up on teams really quickly inside Beardy's Memorial Coliseum. And Porter would, you know – It'd culminate with a Porter slam, and all of a sudden they're up 22-5, to and the game was over. Yeah. But for them to come back really showed their resilience, and and it just shows that Georgia's a really good basketball team that's very close, but I'm not quite sure if they're going to be able to get over the hump this season. Yeah, and look, I'm going to take South Carolina tomorrow, which is wild. They're an underdog, according to scoresandodds.com. No official line out yet from anybody else. Um, but I'm going to take South Carolina. I just think their defense is that good. Um, I think that is going to be a lot of fun. And then the other game that you brought up was, what, Florida and... Florida at Texas and, A&M on ESPN2 midday. Give me the Gators. Give me the Gators. They're playing well. Give me Florida yeah. on the road. It's Look, it's risky picking two teams on the road in the SEC, but I'll take it. I'll take Florida over A&M tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to take both the home teams right there and fade you. I think both of those home teams are very, very desperate. A desperate home team that's good is a dangerous home team, especially on a Saturday afternoon in the SEC this time of year. My man, Blue Kane, the nature boy, Right, the white shadow of Georgia is going to come through and knock back a three late, and I love some Buzz Williams. That team is so much better than their record. Wade Taylor, the force, an excellent player. I just don't know why they haven't clicked this season. Both Florida and South Carolina red hot, so I'm going to get on the other side of it and take the home teams tomorrow. Alabama favored by eight and a half over Mississippi State at home. They'll probably get it done, to be honest with you. We know how good that team is in Coleman Coliseum. You know, that line just seems a little low to me. Low? Yeah, it really does. As good as Alabama's playing right now, I'm not sure that Mississippi State's a a true offensive threat. I know they scored 82 against Ole Miss, but Ole Miss really hasn't played a whole lot of defense in league play. They've just outscored people. Um, I I just, you know, on paper, I'm like, man, I'm firing down on the tide right there. They've been on a roll. So I'm probably going to get on the other side because that one kind of smells a little like cologne to uncle t-bone and when it smells like cologne baby you better leave it alone there you go the top 10 matchup inside the sec number five tennessee at number 10 kentucky and the cats believe it or not they're underdogs at home inside of rupp arena tomorrow night give me kentucky dalton connects a dog for tennessee that's all they got and if you can hold him to 20 or 25 make somebody else beat you kentucky can't play a lick of defense either but they got a lot of offensive firepower they bounce back after a loss to florida give me john calipari and the cats tomorrow night yeah i'm completely in agreement with you here although i think rick barnes is an excellent solid basketball coach this is showtime this is big time college basketball this is the big blue you know live on a saturday night all across the country from the bluegrass state this is what john calipari's built for this is not what rick barnes is built for and tennessee's built for it although i think they can make a run in the tournament and that type of limelight's not gonna you know 
I don't know, hinder them this Saturday night it's going to. I like Kentucky here, and I like them big. Some of the other games going on quickly before we talk about Auburn and Ole Miss some more here on ESPN 106.7. One of the biggest games of the weekend, one of the biggest games of the year. Number four, Houston. Number eight, Kansas. Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas. That'll, you can find that tip-off at 3 o'clock. Pre-game will begin at uh, 2 o'clock right here on ESPN 106.7 on the national ESPN broadcast. The Houston Cougars now in the Big 12. This is a conference game taking on the Kansas Jayhawks, man. It doesn't get bigger than this. Houston plays a physical brand of basketball. Yes, they do. And and I'm just continued to be impressed with their coach and what they're doing out there. Um, I don't want to say that they're flying up underneath the radar but I don't know if they really get the true credit that they deserve. Right now, to me, they're playing as the number one team in the country. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I okay. like them a lot inside uh, in, in going into the tournament. I got a good look at them last year. My man, my man, Jack Hudden over at over at on Twitter, Jack Hudden twelve just dropped his HUD bracket matrix today. Update alert. Get over there. Get over there and take a look at it. And he agrees. He has Houston as the number one seed in the tournament right now. That a boy, Jackie. I believe I have to correct myself, Uncle T Bone. I think there are four top ten games this weekend. How about that? I thought there were only three. There's three on Saturday. But there's also one on Sunday, Purdue and Wisconsin. So apologies, folks. I was wrong. There's one more. There's one. So there's four. Top 10 games this weekend. Number two, Purdue on the road at number six, Wisconsin, who, by the way, if you didn't see it, blew a 17-point lead to Nebraska at home last night. So that's that's interesting. Um, Boy, that's then, and then one of the biggest games of the year, every single year. If you're a college basketball fan, you love it. It does get overplayed and over kind of hyped at times because there's been games where these two teams were not any good. But these two teams are good. It's the one of the biggest rivalries in college basketball. It's one of the biggest rivalries in all of sports. Number seven, Duke, at number three, North Carolina in Chapel Hill. 5.30 on ESPN. Yeah, give me the Tar Heels at home there. Although I'll, every time I pick uh, North Carolina in like the last 15 years against Duke, Duke seems to upset them. Our man Jack Hudden has North Carolina as a two-seed right now in his HUD bracket matrix Purdue and that's in that same bracket uh the number one seed and guess who he's got number three right there right below North Carolina this would be interesting your Auburn Tigers mm. Duke coming off a win at Virginia Tech North Carolina coming off a loss at Georgia Tech so interesting game uh, North Carolina opening favorite at four and a half points so uh, interesting yeah I like Carolina I do too kind of I do too uh, it's still debatable whether or not that was foul in that Georgia Tech game when uh, late in that game Uh, I really do kind of like North Carolina there I'm kind of really and I know I'm kind of bouncing around over here this HUD bracket he's got he's got it at a 12 seed in the Alabama bracket, Drake. Man, that's where I went to middle school back in like <laughs> sixth and seventh grade. How about that? The Drake Knights. Yeah, I'm sure it's the same one. <laughs> Free and for all Friday. Guys. That's right. And as I mentioned, number two, Purdue at number six, Wisconsin, Sunday afternoon on CBS. Great weekend of basketball. We'll give our final picks and predictions for Auburn and Ole Miss and our final segment coming up here on the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067. are on the line on ESPN 1067. 
Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down on the Friday edition of On the Line, trying to get into the weekend, man. I much needed weekend for uh, for your man right here, and I know Uncle T Bone feels the same. I'm sure a lot of you feel the same. Hardest way on this working Friday. man in radio, right across from me, Mr. Jacob Goins, going to be the you know continue with the voice of the Lee Scott Warriors. They got to hit the road tonight. He's up and down the highway. He's in the studio. He's everywhere. He's here, there. You see him everywhere, man. Just. Don't overgrind, brother. You got this. Appreciate that. Well, yeah, I'll be on the air tonight with my color commentary, my color man, Christian Griffin, uh, who is, uh, I believe he's loading up the car right now. CG. That's right, CG. That's right. Uh, CG and JG on the call. Tiger Country 104.5 and TigerCountry.net. Lee Scott Academy girls and boys in the regional finals against our biggest rival, the Glenwood Gators. Can't wait, man. We're going to be down at Macon East, so join us. We'll be on the air right at 5 o'clock. Join me tonight on Tiger Country 104.5 on the Lee Scott Sports network you can also listen to auburn high school girls basketball tonight they're in the first game of their area tournament uh, so you can listen to jack hutton uh for that they'll be on the air about 6 30 so be sure you tune in for that and as we continue plugging everything we have going on here uh tomorrow auburn basketball taking on Ole miss on the road Pre, or, uh, tip off at 5, pregame at 4.30, locally on the radio here on Wings 94.3, our sister station next door, Wings 94.3, wingsfm.com, and then following the game after the Auburn Sports Network postgame show with Andy and Coach BP, we've got after the game right there on Wings 94.3. Your man right here, I'll be hosting that tonight. Uncle T-Bone may make a stop by. Jack Cutton may even stop by as well. He's got Auburn High School basketball tonight, uh, tomorrow night. Kyle out of town, uh, so it's a, it's a group effort, but we're going to have a good show for you tomorrow night. Yeah, after the game's always a fun show. Make sure you listen. I know it'll be a little bit later. Hopefully it'll be a fun and happy after the game and not a negative Nancy one with Auburn going on the road. And speaking of plugs, I know you just heard the ad, everybody. Our good friend Kevin Tudhope, a sponsor here with the new UPS store in downtown Auburn. That's right there in that Auburn Bank uh, building, that new beautiful building in downtown Auburn. Man, I can't say enough. Uh, enough for him and thank you for being a sponsor kevin in the ups store you take a look if you need any kind of uh, blueprints printed up political signs yard signs for businesses graduation signs and banners birthday signs 21st birthday signs some of y'all are finally legal and ready to go they can print on just about anything glass plastic wood foam board or metal, and they also can take care of all your shipping needs. Thank you so much to the UPS store. Yeah, go check them out. Uh, Todd, a good friend of ours and, and a great partner with us here at ESPN and on the line. So I uh, appreciate that. And yeah, we got a couple of minutes. Auburn, Ole Miss tomorrow. Uncle T Bone, your final thoughts and predictions. Tigers trying to do something nobody else has done this season take down the Rebels at home. Yeah, uh, I don't like that that line came out and immediately dropped. Somebody really liked catching that amount of points to probably lay down a good amount of jack on it so uh who knows man uh Ole Miss a good basketball team five and three 18 and three overall five and three in conference like I said you know Auburn really beat up on them and created a lot of mismatches here in Neville Arena I think Auburn is the much better basketball team and I think Auburn learned its lesson last week when it on went on the road and didn't show up give me them Tigers man I think Auburn takes care of business tomorrow against Ole Miss I don't have a score yet but I imagine it'll be a little bit higher scoring 
like it was in the first game. Ole Miss just quite doesn't have the defense, I don't think, to stay with Auburn. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't think they have the defense to slow Auburn down. And more importantly, I don't think they have the offense to overcome Auburn's defense, right? I just think Auburn, Auburn's the better team. Auburn's deeper. They play better defense. Ole Miss against Auburn here in Neville Arena, four people was like 90% of their points in minutes, right? I mm-hmm. mean, they're not as deep as the Tigers. I really want to – the last three games, Dylan Cardwell's gotten into foul trouble early. They're going to have to watch that. But Auburn's just got a massive – I know it's not a height advantage inside, but they're just more physical inside than Ole Miss. Yeah, and I look for I look for Auburn to be – I hope, right? I hope. I can't predict this. But I hope that Auburn's a lot more comfortable, a lot more prepared, a lot calmer on the road uh, than they have been in these last couple of games. Because let's be honest, out of Auburn's losses, are any of those teams better than Auburn? Baylor, you could argue, maybe. App State, no. Alabama, no. Mississippi State, heck no. Not overall, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, right now they might be, some of those teams might be playing just a little bit better than Auburn right now Mm -hmm. but in the totality of the season I can't say that any of those teams are definitively better than Auburn look Tigers gonna have to shut down Jonathan Murray tomorrow and his three-point shooting for Ole Miss if they can do that that they're gonna they're gonna walk away with this game well it's time for Auburn to to win a to win a game and be a good Brandon Murray yeah yeah that's right that's right Brandon Murray um it's time for Auburn to win a big game it's time for Auburn to beat a good team because the metrics say they haven't done that yet And if you want to make the tournament, you want to win games in the tournament, and you want to make a run at the Final Four, guess what? You better be able to beat good teams, and you better be able to do it against adversity. And guess what? You've got all that in front of you tomorrow night in Oxford. Give me the Tigers. I think they get it done. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I I said it before. I'll say it again. I think Auburn just has a significant physical difference makers on the inside. I'd like to see, believe it or not, Jalen Williams – bringing the ball down the court a little bit, some different looks from the Tigers. But we'll talk about all of that on Monday. But I like Auburn. I think Auburn probably wins this game 87 to 80, somewhere in there. If uh, if Ole Miss gets to 80, though, they will be a threat to win. I like it. I like it. He's Uncle Tebow, and I'm Jacob Goins. Catch us on After the Game tomorrow night, Wings 94-3. Catch me anyway. Uncle Tebow may stop by. Jack Hudden as well. He'll be back on Monday. So will I. 2-4 to four, right here on ESPN 106.7. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.